Welcome to edition 23 of All Killer No Filler podcast with me, Rachel Fairburn and Kerry Pritchard-McLean. Just before we start, we'll do our usual disclaimer. This isn't hero worship. We're not um, admiring murderers. We're not asking you to go out and kill anybody. Uh, we do this podcast because we have a mutual interest. And as long as we're doing this, it stops us from writing to them in prison. Episode 23. 23. That was a very good introduction for someone so hungover. Yeah, it was also, I like the addition of, we're not asking you to go out and kill anyone. Like it needed saying. I was riffing there, wasn't I? (laughs) Free and easy. So episode 23, and this is um, a a favourite. Well, no, not... He's he's up there. He's up there. I like him. He is the uh, British Jeffrey Dahmer, isn't he, Rachel? He's not. What's happened is, we're doing Dennis Nilsson. Obvs, and what's happened is Dennis Nilsson often gets compared to Jeffrey Dahmer because they are very similar. Mm. And uh, Dennis Nilsson often gets called the British Jeffrey Dahmer. He was apprehended before Jeffrey Dahmer, and he was older than Jeffrey Dahmer. And if anything, Jeffrey Dahmer is the American Dennis Nilsson, <laughs> and I get really annoyed about this. <laughs> And I think it needs addressing. Yeah, he also killed a load of people, which is another thing to get irked about. Well, yeah, I'm annoyed about that. There's, there's several things, but I just don't like this. Oh, he's he's the British Jeffrey Dahmer. No, it's the other way around. I'm not sure what state that... Uh, oh, that what's this? Oh, hi. <laughs> Wherever the mum from Family Guy's from. Yeah. <laughs> Al Peter. <laughs> that was very good. Not bad, that, is it? So, yeah, Dennis Nielsen, episode 23... He's from Scotland, and um, if you've got your bingo cards out, he had an absent alcoholic father. Tick, tick. Yeah. He was born on the 23rd of November, 1945, to Betty White, who I'm sure is one of the Golden Girls, (laughs) and Magnus Nilsson. What a a spin-off series that would be. (laughs) You know, like, it'd probably be easier to watch than Joey. (laughs) Oh, God. I don't. I, I've never I watched that. I feel so embarrassed for Matt LeBlanc. I, I don't like Friends either. Really? Oh, come I on. hate. Oh, is that overrated as well? It's overrated. I hate. I, I absolutely know. hate it. I think every character in it is despicable. Really? I hate them, and I don't find it funner. And that theme tune makes me want to just smash the gaff up. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> like when that ding diddly ding ding. ding fuck <laughs> off. Smash the gaff up. Oh, it just um, incenses me. I love the idea that people in America will be like pausing it and googling <laughs> what does smash the gaff up. <laughs> And they'll find they'll probably find an interview from Lee and Gallagher in two thousand and three, being like, "Gonna smash the gaff up. I'm gonna go and bath us, but I thought I'd smash the gaff up. Oh, I'd smash his gaff up. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what that means. Um, so Dennis, twenty third November nineteen forty five, in Fraserburgh, like yeah. Edinburgh, Fraserburgh, Scotland, which was a fishing village. Uh, he's got two nicknames as well: Muswell Hill Murderer. Yeah. And the kindly killer. Yeah, I think that's that's not. I mean, it, that feels like an oxymoron in itself. Yeah, Muswell Hill murder and kindly killer because apparently his. We'll talk about it later, but his way of killing people was designed to inflict the least amount of pain. Such a great guy. Yeah, what a good guy. Where where are all the heroes gone? <laughs> Such a gen. Well, they're all gay or taken, aren't they? <laughs> and in Dennis Nilsson's case, he's gay and incarcerated. Yeah. <laughs> gay and unavailable now. <laughs> He had uh, he committed twelve to fifteen murders between nineteen seventy eight and nineteen eighty three, which is a that's a busy few years. Yeah, and of course this all started with possibly he had, did have an absent father who deserted uh, the family when he was aged when Dennis was six. But what uh, interests me is that Betty, his father was a sailor, and he just used to come back and get Betty pregnant all the time. Yeah. 
that, that's he'd basically timing. come back drop anchor drop his anchor <laughs> and then he'd piss off again and leave another kid behind I just imagine him like licking his finger putting it into the air on the ship and going she's ovulating <laughs> get me to dry land <laughs> it's, it's a very strange upbringing actually and he, he was very close to his uh, granddad wasn't he mm. Andrew White he adored his grandfather he was a very strict man didn't drink very straight laced and yeah. religious um, so classic again for your bingo there yeah um, and he really looked up to him, didn't he? He did. And had this really sort of like strong relationship. What did he say? He said he was a protector to me. A great hero and protector. Yeah. Which, when you consider his, his grandfather died in, in, on Halloween in 1951, he was found dead in his fishing boat, and this was when Dennis was six. Um, he only knew him six years. That <laughs> uh, guy you just knew for six years, mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's like you probably would say the same thing if He Man was on the telly. Yeah. <laughs> He's a great protector <laughs> and a hero. But I, they think, well, I think that it, this death is quite important. You know, everyone's every serial killer, everyone, oh, that slip. <laughs> every serial killer has one of these sort of defining moments. And I think losing his grandfather was one for him. Yes. Because they said, they showed him the body, didn't they? They did. And this was, he remembers this very vividly because. In those days, you used to bring the body home, didn't you, and put it in the, the living room. Um, Dennis still did that uh, later <laughs> on. But his grandfather was in, in the coffin, and his mother took him in and said, oh, he's, he's your granddad, he's just sleeping. And Dennis obviously didn't really understand what was going on. Mm. And all he's seen is his granddad, who's asleep, as he thinks. I just think it... Ill-advised. Yeah. But... That's life. Yeah, and then when he realised that he was gone, he would he really sort of sorrowful, and he yeah. wanted to go with him. He I became mean, very quiet, actually, and reserved, didn't he? Yeah, and didn't didn't really get involved with things, and he, he was very jealous of his brothers and sisters as well. Yeah, but sort of had, became, had an obsession with the sea as mm-hmm. well, because um, he used to have this. I don't know if I'm leaping forward here. This fantasy about drowning. Mm. And he, um, one day, he has this memory of walking out into the sea to be with his granddad again. And then this boy, this like Coast Guard boy, pulls him from the sea and sort of resuscitates him. And as he does, as he sort of comes around, uh, Dennis ejaculates, which is quite the thank you, isn't Some it? ruining things earlier. <laughs> I mean, if I stay at someone's house, I leave a thank you card and probably a six-pack of Corona. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'll try the other from now on. <laughs> I think it sounds like a great musical, that start. You can imagine the, the scene, can't you? And then he just, you know, a bit of singing and, like, a few crabs doing a bit of a dance. And then he drags him out and he just jizzes everywhere. That would be a much better version of The Little Mermaid. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he had this... Well, this is a story that he recounts because he's written loads about himself. He's written, like, 50 journals about himself. He's a of course he has, yeah. yeah. He writes about this this story and it gets more and more embellished, but loads of psychologists have said they don't think that ever actually happened. There was no boy. He never drowned. It's just part of the narrative that makes Dennis Dennis. Sea doesn't even exist. Yeah. None of this <laughs> happened. <laughs> well, it won't. It'll all just be sea if we keep <laughs> burning whales for fuel or whatever we do. Is that what happens? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Every time you put the heat in on, someone sets fire to a whale. <laughs> Scary the world. I like it. He was, um, here's another similarity to Dharma. He was in the army cadets and mm. then joined the army, which he quite enjoyed. 
He did. Uh, but before we mention this, we must uh, mention that he did molest his siblings. <laughs> oh yeah, I skirted over that, didn't I? Um, oh, which is very much that. what he did. Yeah. <laughs> he got into. He was in bed with his brother. Was it Magnus? I think so. It's yeah. something really European, isn't it? Um, and he sort of had a little rifle through his pajama bottoms. <laughs> right. And uh, the kid, like he, his like brother, didn't respond, which is like the most stiff up a lip well I hope it was just a lip <laughs> um, that I've ever seen so he just didn't respond and sort of rolled over and then Dennis is like mm, okay well I won't try that again no, I'll, I'll try it with someone who's not your brother yeah, who yeah. might be interested yeah. Um, so yeah he, he has got this sort of like yeah past of being confused and a bit confused I don't what, what do I say to, pervy pervy yeah I don't know, it's weird. Can you have a pervy kid? Oh, I'm not going to get into because this. Of course you can. Dangerous. I mean, I've got a sister and I've I've never wanted to finger her. And I think that's how it should be. All right, okay. Yeah. Even if oh, I was gay, I, I wouldn't... I'd be like, my sister, isn't it? I don't want to... <laughs> I'm getting off with her. Well, that and she's horrendous. But <laughs> she doesn't listen to this, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I feel bad now. If you want to know what my sister's like... Oh, go on, just tell her you'll fuck her. <laughs> yeah, oh, come on then, <laughs> just once. Uh, if you want to know what my sister's like, she's very like me, but more Mancunian. Really? Imagine that. I thought you were the zenith. I thought I was as well, but no, she's all right. Really? Rachel, don't think so, doubt it. Really? Yeah. Oh my God, I really want to meet her. We used to have a, we have a little joke that uh, I find this funny, and I doubt anyone else will, but I'll tell you... You remember when Andreas Lubitz um, crashed the plane into the Alps because he was depressed with yeah. all the people on? I got obsessed with that uh, and I couldn't stop reading about it. And for some reason, it, I, all I could think was when uh, the pilot had gone for a wee and left the cockpit and, lo- and he locked the door and he couldn't get back in, which is horrendous, I'm not laughing at that. I kept imagining my sister <laughs> driving the plane and someone knocking on the door going, open this door! And they're going, doubt it. <laughs> and I don't know, that's all I imagine in my mind when I read about the German wings crash. I just imagine my sister. <laughs> yeah, no one's it's it's, really fucking mad. Yeah, open his door, doubt it. Don't think so, mate. No chance. <laughs> yeah, probably shared a bit too much there. Um, but that's, that's what happens. Yeah, I, I I'm not sure we can throw shade at Dennis Nielsen for touching his brother's knob <laughs> when you fantasise about your sister <laughs> crashing a, a load of innocent people into the side of a mountain. <laughs> oh, God. If you Google uh, that Andreas Lubitz, Google uh, Andreas Lubitz investigators' house and one of the fittest men you will ever see is carrying a box of evidence. I'm obsessed yeah, with him. Yeah, he's so beautiful. You've shown me him before. <sighs> and he doesn't know I exist. <laughs> He's gorgeous. Well, if you listen to this, I don't know, send us a tweet or something. Oh, yeah, tweet him. Tweet me. Please do. <laughs> and if James Franco's listening, he's not listening. <laughs> but Dennis was in the army. We, we digressed again. Yes. Uh, and he became an alcoholic in the army, just like Jeffrey Dahmer. Very, Dama. very similar. Mm-hmm. Very similar. Um, and in 1964, he was in Germany, wasn't he? Yeah. And he was in a drunken stupor. And he, he got off with a, a young German youth are we allowed to say that <laughs> yeah i'm not sure german youth is i don't know if that's an okay phrase anymore this young german was asleep on the floor and nothing apparently nothing sexual happened but dennis started to realize that he this is what he liked he liked to have a partner who was basically unconscious he was just dead 
appeared to be dead. That's what he was into, wasn't it? He liked... I've been with some people who I would have preferred. (laughs) They were unconscious or dead. When he was in army, he was a a chef, and that's where he learned his butchery skills, Mm. which come in so handy later on. And he was... At one point, he was sent to... I don't know where. can't remember now. But it was some country where there's brown people, which if you listen to my dad, is everywhere these days. But I mean, like, it was, I don't know, it was like the Middle East or something. And he, over there, in that time, they would get, like, a 10, and they'd get their equipment, but they would get a boy, they'd get assigned a boy, which I think was to, like, clean their tent and cook for them and things. But that was mm. not what Dennis used it oh, for. Oh, God. And apparently he was really happy. He was like, ah, finally, what I've always wanted, a biddable young man. <sighs> which is gross, because, I mean... Nowadays, our army, they don't even have boots, do they? Let alone brown boys. <laughs> I, just, I, I just find it astonishing that it's like, oh, here's your boy. <laughs> yeah. How do you yeah. even do that and be like, and there's your um, yeah, there's your water for the day and there's your boy. <laughs> this is your boy. <laughs> he also used to get drunk and pretend he was... He also used to pretend he was more drunk than he was uh, in the hopes that his colleagues would molest him. I've definitely done that as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm hammered. I'm a knickers have come yeah. off. Oops. <laughs> uh, I just think he should have worked at the BBC in the 70s. <laughs> just constantly getting his bollocks felt, wasn't it? It's, yeah, I just find it a weird, oh, hey guys, I'm drunk. Yeah, it, so, like, how would he pass out as well in, like, a sexual <laughs> way? Always oh. popped out again. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, he had a near-death experience, though, didn't he? Yes, with a, a taxi driver. Yeah. Like, with a, with an Arab taxi driver. Yeah. Are we allowed to say that? Um, Arab's fine, I just think... Yep, yeah, no, yeah, Arab <laughs> is fine, but it's been used by people who aren't fine, and now none of us can use it. It's been spoiled. It's, I think... No, Arab isn't a racist word. Only racists use the word Arab. Yeah, he was a, an Arab gentleman. <laughs> yeah, so we had this near-death experience with this taxi driver. Yeah, which I don't believe. Um, oh, come on, we've all used an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> he said that uh, he, he got in this taxi, and well, the taxi driver attacked him, didn't he? Mm. And put him in the boot or something. Yeah. And then... Open the boot and Dennis jumps out and bats the taxi driver. Well, he grabbed a, a jack. Jack. Yeah. <laughs> Again. <laughs> um, and attack the taxi driver and then put the ta- I don't believe him. Just, yeah, it all sounds a bit too hero-y, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. And um, wouldn't that be great if it was another serial killer who did that? A crossover episode. <gasps> like when Buffy and Angel used to do. Yeah, that would be. To this world. <laughs> I wonder who it would have been. But he had sex with a woman as well, didn't he? He prostituted. He did. And it was in Berlin. And he described it as overrated and depressing. That's mean. <laughs> There's plenty of things that are like that. Schindler's List. <laughs> Take that latest tour. Overrated and depressing. I know, that is the grimmest trip advisor you'd have about your vagina ever, isn't it? I'd, I'd quite like... Uh, Two stars. I think a good quote from my Edinburgh post would be underrated and depressing. <laughs> that, that's quite positive. Yeah, if someone can do a write-up, please, so Rachel can quote <laughs> Underrated that. and depressing. Uh, so he's in the army for 11 years, and uh, he enjoyed it. In, in 1972, he left, and he came back home for... He went back home for three months. Um, his mother, he stayed with his mother and his family, she was concerned about his lack of female companionship. Yeah, she was pushing for a wife. Yeah, and uh, th- this is where something interesting happens, because he's at home with his family, and his brother, Olaf, they you decide know- to watch a documentary... Oh yeah, on homosexuality. It's yeah. So they're watching this like at Christmas. Gather round, everybody. Yeah, very weird. 
And they're like, oh, we're not watching Die Hard again. Let's watch this documentary about homosexuality. And it sparks a conversation in which his brother, who's knobby touched, was like, I think it's wrong. Especially when you're a child trying to sleep in your bed. And Dennis is like, I don't think it's wrong. I think it's natural. And there's this big argument. And then he and his brother don't speak again. No, they never spoke uh, again, uh, actually. And he had sporadic contact with his mother through letters. Yeah, although his, I read an a, um, article that was from The Sun, so it's not to be believed because they are a lying mm-hmm. uh, rag, um, that said apparently she didn't, she didn't disown him after the murders. She disowned him when she found out that he was gay. Which <laughs> does seem slightly the wrong agenda to push. Yeah, it, it does. Um, he joined... Of course, then he, he did the natural thing that people do when, you know, they've been in the army and the family don't like her he, he, he became a copper <laughs> and uh, he was in he joined the met police and he moved to london and uh, this was obviously 1973 he's having a i don't think it's not really much um about his police no thing it, it's just something he did wasn't it just please like, cover up <clears throat> 1973 he's moved to london he's at willisden green uh cop shop I love that. Cop shop. Other and ages. And he's uh, is, is enjoying the gay lifestyle. Or, or maybe not, actually. He's going out a lot. He's going to the gay stands. bars. He's just getting off the blocks left, right and centre. It sounds amazing. Um, sounds like my first year of uni. Yeah. Just all gay bars <laughs> and getting off the uh, and he's, um He did describe it, though, as a soul-destroying. Is <laughs> soul that bit of skin between your bum and your balls? Because <laughs> that would make sense. It, that's your perineum, isn't it? Your gooch. Is or it? scrunt, I've heard it called. Ooh. Um, and, oh no, scrum. Scrot and bum. Ooh. And taint as well, as in taint your asshole, taint, taint your balls. I think perineum sounds delicious, though. <laughs> it does. Perineum sauce yeah. from Nando's. Sounds really nice, yeah. Peri perineum. <laughs> Soul destroying. <laughs> uh, bleep. Uh, this is where the. the oh, forget that, I'll, I'll talk again. So he, he met. He actually settled down there with a twenty-one-year-old David Gallican, mm. who was a lot younger than him. And this was in nineteen seventy-five. They moved to um, one nine five Melrose Avenue for those people that might want to go and visit these places. And they lived together. It's quite a nice. It sounds quite a nice relationship at first because he used to call him Twinkle, didn't he? Yeah, know? that's nice. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's so camp. It's almost homophobic, but yeah, <laughs> it's quite cute. So they had this sort of nice, nice little home life, and they even got a dog together. Yeah, which. You know what? This dog, this annoys me as well. It's got the worst name ever, Bleep. Because I think it's cute. No, it's not. That's the name that it, it's apparently that's a noise that it made when they opened the the box or bag or whatever. Floorboards, yeah, floorboards. Whatever you get a a dog in these days, in those days, and uh, it, it it apparently made a bleep noise and they called it Bleep. I think that's cute. I looked into it because I thought that there was. I think I mentioned it on another podcast. I had a theory that there was like a dog's home just full of like <laughs> dogs that have seen crimes or been a part of evil things like Hitler's Alsatians in there. Puppet. Puppet. Yeah, Myra's puppet. <laughs> um, but Bleep, they took her into custody. Um, she was uh, uh, referred to as a one-eyed bitch, <laughs> which sounds like a, like a spat between two gay guys, doesn't it? <laughs> Um, and they took her into custody and apparently Dennis could hear her whining from his cell and they basically knocked her down after a week because they didn't think anyone would want a dog that had witnessed these crimes. Too right. <laughs> I don't want a dog like that. Oh, well, You're he's telling me like he's, he's di- dissecting, he's chopping blokes up yeah. to, to get 
you're telling me you didn't slip bleep yeah I'd have a bit of this I don't think you did come and on bleep woke one of them up didn't she she, she did didn't, yeah. face so much. so she was the hero of the piece if anything I mean he did kill them in the end but then I suppose I don't like my dog licking me because I know he's licked his balls Ugh. if I know that it's a dog that's been around he's been licking his perineum <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's sad that the dog has to pay. Yeah, it is a bit sad, but who wants... I won't have that dog. Actually, well, where do you know. draw the line? Do you, is, is a burglar's dog okay? Mm. Like, it's, it's not like bleep... I don't want like a rapist dog. I don't want a rapist dog. Okay. I don't want a murderer's dog. But <laughs> what, petty, petty theft. What about that dog that Son of Sam thought was telling him... That Labrador he thought was the devil that was telling him to do all the murders? I don't want to take the chance. <laughs> I don't want to take the chance, no. <laughs> don't want that one. Um, I think all pugs look like they're possessed by the devil. I don't like They it. sound like they are. <laughs> it's awful. Uh, my uh, mum used to breed pugs. Oh, really? Uh, and then she bred pigs when she had me and my sister. <laughs> uh, she, she used to... She, when I was really small, she, she bred pugs. And um, she was telling me once that my granddad, uh, who was a wonderful man but very impatient, was taking a, one of the pugs for a walk and it was a very hot day and he didn't realise that the pug had fainted. And he dragged the pug, like, what's away? <laughs> dragged the pug about ten minutes up the road. <laughs> without like even... The shit is tight. <laughs> yeah, without even realising <laughs> that the pug had fainted. Oh. Dog shouldn't faint. No, although we had a whippet once. Of course we did. <laughs> and he, Jago, he used to run... He used to get so into running and going wild in the park, he used to faint with exhaustion, really? yeah. Dogs are fucking... They're weird, aren't they? Such idiots. <laughs> So, we're at Melrose Avenue. There's a dog called Bleep. Twinkles uh, there. It's still there. Melrose Avenue's there. 23 Cranley Gardens, which is yep. the other property we do, is still there. See, when there's a murder in the outside of London, in the north, Myra Hindley's house, knocked down. Yep. Oh, we don't want the northerners to make it a shrine. Uh, the one in Gloucester, Fred West's yeah. house, knocked down. knocked down. If it's in London, oh, just give it a lick of paint and yeah. put it back on the market, I think. <laughs> it is a very competitive property market here. Yeah, I fucking it's... hate that. It's and also, uh, it came up for sale about this time last year. Again. Ah. Cranley Gardens, yeah. So there's this attic flat that we'll talk about later. It comes up every now and then. And there's a bit, and all the newspapers go wild and go, murderer's houses for sale. It's um, 25 grand cheaper than anything else in the area. And what they do is they put a bit on the, they, they show you like the flat on the website and then there's like a big star at the bottom that says, before you make an appointment, just give it a Google A. <laughs> And what it, well, it says something like you you were advised to look into the history of this property before arranging a viewing. It's like they're so bored of telling people yeah. about it. Just Google it, will you? Yeah, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of um, underfloor storage uh, space in this uh, <laughs> property, isn't there? It's funny you should mention that. <laughs> but I reckon most of them are people who know and want to have a nose round. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'd. I don't know. I might go for a little look. There's a load of comedians that live near there, wouldn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's I think, a comedian house. It's a comedian house, yeah. Um, a comedian house is like a normal house, um, except that it's fucking filthy and everyone's really unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> like a squat, but people pay rent. And people are very competitive for no good reason in yeah, there. Yeah. Someone will be having a breakdown at any one time. You know, like when girls move in and they sink periods. <laughs> it happens with the same with comedians and nervous breakdowns. <laughs> and depression. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, was it Melrose Avenue they all live? No, it's Cranley Gardens. Cranley Gardens, yeah. So, wh- what happened with the relationship, though, with David Gallican? It went a bit wrong, didn't it? Because it, they sort of... They were together quite a while. 
And then Dennis starts acting all wacky, apparently. Starts bringing other men home. Yeah, they... they and also a woman. Oh, really? Yeah. He brought, apparently brought a woman home. Oh. So it went... Yeah, because it was on its way out, wasn't it? So yeah. they started to like sleep in different beds and open up their relationship. And yeah, I think they were just banging their way through the North London area. I don't know. It feels like it would be North. There's leaves. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's very out of character, isn't it? Mm, very strange. And then he, when they split up, he start, he stays in the house on Melrose Avenue. Dennis does. And he's going back to the gay bars. It keeps bleep as well. Yeah. Uh, and then by 1978... Well, I'm keeping the dog. <laughs> yeah, he was thoroughly depressed, apparently. Uh, and this is when he was working at the job centre. That will was, happen, uh, it? it? will happen. And he was also a trade unionist, though, I know, he? this is why I'm fucking <laughs> gutted. I hate that he's a serial killer, because he's like a really strong socialist and trade unionist. And I'm like, come on, mate, you're letting this down. Like, was Bundy... Uh, Bundy, was he a Democrat? I think he was a Republican, Oh, OK, it? well, that's all right, then. Because um, Gacy was a Republican, wasn't it? Yeah. So but I would get annoyed when someone's, like, slightly left-wing and, like... And it, then I find out that they're also chopping off knobs for yeah. a laugh. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> yeah, it's, I suppose it's as bad as anything the Labour Party is saying at the moment about it, Jewish people. Oh, it's all... It's very... Uh, it's very hard to defend. It, it is, yeah. He had a very bad attendance record, though. Oh, really? Which, yeah, which... Uh, there's good reason, I think, as we go further into this. Yeah. He was keeping himself busy because he committed his first murder in 1978, 30th of December. And this was very young uh, boy, 14-year-old yeah. Stephen Holmes. This is very sad. Who he met in the Cricklewood Arms pub. He started buying him booze and stuff, and he yeah. brought him back and giving him food and everything. And he said, this really irritates me. What he actually said was, Dennis said... I wanted him to stay with me over the new year, whether he wanted to or not. Which, to be honest, that's pretty much what my ex-boyfriend's mum used to say. <laughs> All, every single year. You can't blow it, but I think it's because it's too hard to blame Monopoly on your own. Uh, this poor lad, though, he murdered him. I think he drowned him in the bucket, Well, yeah, he it? strangled him, and then he came round, and then he... What he would do is strangle them until they pass out. And then this is where he sort of came up with his method, that he wanted... To not put him through much pain, mm. so he drowned him in a bucket. Oh, just just don't do it, mate. Yeah, that's yeah. that's probably the answer. And this poor lad was under his floorboards for seven months. He left oh him there for God. seven months until the, he went. He had a weird like ritual, so he would bath, take them out, yeah. put them under the floorboards, and then he would take them out a few days later, and he would wash them and bathe them. But like the Egyptians, mm. and like, and then he would sort of sit them up with him and watch TV with them, and then he would put them back under the floorboards, and then he would take them out, and then he would bathe them, and yeah, it was all. I mean, it is fucking odd. Mm. I know it's, it feels weird to say that in the context of all this to pick this one thing out, but, but it is yeah, it peculiar. is fucking weird. Um, Stephen Holmes was the only victim who wasn't dissected before disposal as well. And he's actually only identified in 2006. Dennis, at this point, because he had a garden at, at Melrose Avenue. Sounds like I'm trying to sell it. There is a garden area. <laughs> a communal garden. He burnt a lot of his victims on a bonfire. Yeah. Uh, this and was he, his first... Wouldn't he chuck tyres on to cover the yeah. smell? Yeah. Like, oh, is that barbecue? Oh, no, it's tyres. Yeah. It's... Because uh, he does... He has to change his uh, method of disposal because he doesn't have a garden a bit later on, but we'll, yeah. we'll get to that. Also, like, what was it in the 70s that, like, how does burning tyres in your back garden not draw attention? Yeah. I know it's different times and no one gave a shit about the environment. Where's but... he getting the tyres from as well? Yeah. So he's probably <laughs> able to go out and buy some tyres just so he can burn them, because he's not got a car. 
Yeah, he hasn't, has he? No. I don't get it. Oh, totally <laughs> mad. Totally mad. He also did a, an attempted murder mm. as well after this one. This was almost, well, 10 months later, 11th of October 1979. He was in the pub again, and Andrew Ho, who was from Hong Kong, he tried to strangle him, and Andrew Ho never pressed charges. Well, yeah, he went to the police about it, and they went, oh, it's just gay business, isn't gay it? Gay stuff, isn't it? Which yeah. is totally out of character, because they're so progressive, um, that they basically just went, oh, there's no point pressing charges over this, it's just a sex game. <laughs> it's like, mm, that man tried to kill me, and it's like, run along now. Yeah, we're not interested. Uh, so, And also, I think um, he didn't want his family finding out he was gay as well. I think there might have been something around that, wasn't there? Well, that's a later one. That's a later one. Yeah, not good at that. <clears throat> then, on the 3rd of December 1979, stop doing it at Christmas. Yeah. He's doing it at Christmas. Stop fucking ruining people's <laughs> Christmas. But we all get that, don't we? By the 27th of December, you're like, for fuck's sake, yeah. just, I would, I'd kill someone right now. I'd kill someone. Yeah. I'm so fucking bored. I'm so, and I'm so bored. full. Like, I can't eat. I've given myself diabetes. And I'm sat here with my parents who should be left to their own devices. They don't want me here. Yeah, I don't, I don't want, want to watch Mrs. Here. Brown's boys, actually. <laughs> well, you're like this. You do comedy. <laughs> Uh, this murder was, so 3rd of December 1979, and it was a 23-year-old Canadian student called Kenneth Ockenden. Very international. Very international. He was visiting his relatives uh, in London, and he met Dennis in a pub, as they always do, and Dennis offered to show him the sights, which I have to be honest, but, but, oh, this is the Houses of Parliament, there's Big Ben, these are my floorboards. <laughs> Not sure what uh, Dennis could... Yeah, do. don't bother with that open-top bus. Yeah. <laughs> um, see, he, he takes him back to his house as well. I don't actually know if this chap was gay. No. Yeah, because they were just drinking rum and hanging out. Yeah, so he's probably just chatting to him in a pub and thinks he's being kind and all the rest of it. Um, so he, he showed him all the signs. He went back to Dennis's house and they were getting drunk, drunk quite a bit. And he strangled him. Uh, he was listening to music, wasn't he? Mm. And he strangled him with the headphones. Breathless by the cause. God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it used to be such a tasteful podcast. <laughs> well, you said, didn't you say, good night, Ken? Yeah, well, he's getting worse by this point. Because he goes out and he buys a Polaroid camera and takes pictures of the of Kenneth Ockenden's What bother. a fucking hipster. Yeah, I know, totally. <laughs> um, and then on... He, on four occasions. Actually, that's quite an investment because Polaroids are really expensive, aren't they? They are very expensive. And they were even more so back then. Yes. Between that and buying tyres, he's a good <laughs> job that he works for the fucking government and that he's fighting for better paying conditions because this is a fucking dear job. It isn't it? It's a dear do. He's buying drink all yeah, the time. And a flight in London. He's wedged, mate. It totally is. Four occasions, though, over the next fortnight, he's dragging this Kenneth, Kenneth Boddock from the floorboards and making him watch TV with him. Um, he, he also, he, he, when he put him back, he, he was, one of the interviews said, oh, you should just say goodnight, Ken. Oh. I just find him so fucking punchable. Yeah, he's It's the arrogance, smug. isn't it? The interviews with him, he's really smug. There was a, um, I watched a bit of it. If you, if you watch it, it's mad. So it was from like, was it like the 1996 or something like that he was interviewed. And, uh, he looks, for a start, like... So he's really jazzed up his prison uniform. He's got, like, some wooden beads on and, like, a vest <laughs> yeah. and, like, a shirt that's open with the sleeves rolled up. He basically looks like he should be in the Libertines. <laughs> and uh, he's sort of chatting away to this guy and he's saying, um, 
the interviewer saying, well, did it did it not start to smell with these bodies? And he's really, really he went, what? And he's like, does it not start to s- smell? Because you've got, did it not make a mess cutting up the bodies? And he was like, why would it make a mess? And he's like, because you're, you're chopping up bodies. And he's like, uh, yeah, dead bodies. And he was like, the only thing that smells is the, the organs inside. So I just take it, them out. Like, surely everyone knows yeah. this. It was like, no, mate, don't talk to everyone like they've chopped up 17 gay guys. And then he was, and he's been really like, like no, because the blood doesn't run, does it, when someone dies? And he's like, like rolling his eyes, and it's like he's got a degree in journalism. <laughs> he that's doesn't know. Back off. It is the arrogance of it. Like, God, am I going to have to explain everything <laughs> again? How many times do I have to tell you? Yes, because what you did is utterly unexplainable, Dennis. You <laughs> fucking psychopath. Oh, here we go again. Stop asking me. Although I don't think they should, uh, you know, my hardline views. I don't think they should be interviewing these people. I don't think they should do an interview for like what Tully. No. I don't think. I think that's. Um, it's a bit um, salacious. Yeah, it's word? salacious. Yeah, and it's something fair on the families. I'm aware of the irony capturing this conversation as we do this yes. podcast. But stop giving them TV time. Although it's not happened for a very, for a long time. No, like that is it. I um I also think that with Dennis Nelson, that's exactly what he, that would be his dream oh, scenario. He would love every minute of it. Yeah, this, this I'd say the thing he likes most above uh, chopping up gay guys and killing them is talking about himself. Oh, exactly. And I imagine he only chopped them and killed them because they got fucking bored of him talking yeah. about himself. <laughs> uh, then he he commits his third murder then, and this is in seventeenth May nineteen eighty. Very young boy again, sixteen year old Martin Duffer. <sighs> He was Scouser. a catering, yeah, catering student from Birkenhead. And uh, he was sleeping rough, I think, wasn't he? Yes, he was yeah. sleeping rough. And he was hungry, he was tired. And he comes across Dennis and he offers him a bed for the night. And he happily obliges because he's vulnerable. And uh, Dennis, of course, strangles him. Uh, with a, it was a ligature this time, wasn't it? Mm. And uh, it's refining his method, which does happen. He then bathed him, didn't he? Uh, and yeah. all the rest of it. and he also said about this uh, chap the youngest looking I've ever seen I just oh. shut you know what Danny shut up yeah um, he then kept him also a bit offensive to the 14 year old yes toss paper around right? <laughs> uh, he kept him as a companion uh, and um, he, he liked to describe them as companions didn't he he used to say the, yeah it's so creepy well the, the famous book Killing for Company very good book yeah very good um book. He described the the boys and men that he killed as uh, companions and companions as is... a, a sex object. I'll be honest with you, I quite like to be described as that myself. <laughs> this is my companion and sex object, Rachel. <laughs> um, well, I think companion is a word that's only ever used by a certain generation of people, like baby boomers. Like what you say is when your partner dies and you you get with someone again, yeah. but you don't marry again. This is my companion, Jill. This is my companion, yeah. Or it's what you would say if you were gay and didn't want everyone to know, yeah. but it was obvious. This is my companion. Arthur and his companion are <laughs> yeah. buying a house together. Brilliant. Companion. Uh, he, uh, this uh, young lad, though, he, this is horrible because... Oh, he left him in a cupboard, didn't he? That's what he did. Yeah. And uh, he, was, he used to kiss him and, and compliment him and... and Caress him. This is it. Although it sounds like his perfume, if I'm honest, doesn't it? <laughs> Compliments and kisses by Dennis Nilsson. Companion by Dennis Nilsson. Companion Nilsen. by Dennis Nilsson. Oh, it stink, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, this, the body, obviously, that he, he left on the floorboards of this young boy, it, it became bloated and he, he had to eventually get rid of it. Oh, 
God. Um, Imagine living in the flat below. Because also I think that, you know, like, floor, if you put them under the floorboards, that's down to someone else's ceiling. And they must be seeping stuff out because bodies leak, don't they? Yeah. So, like... So, it's got to be... People are probably looking up going... I wonder how many times they repainted that ceiling. Persistent stain. Yeah, like, that dog's pissing <laughs> again. It's astonishing that nobody picks up on this. Yeah. Um... Well, in London, nobody speaks to anyone else, so... No, that's you know. true. And then, before the end of 1980, he killed another five victims uh, and attempted one of the murder. And out of these five victims, there was only one who was identified. And this was William Sutherland. And when Dennis is talking about his victims, he, he says so many distasteful, arrogant things. Uh, there was the... He just was able to describe them because he didn't know a lot of the names, did he? No. Because these were quite transient men. Maybe didn't have families looking for them or anything. He said uh, something very annoying about one of the victims that was never identified. He had a tattoo around his neck, didn't he? Oh. That said, cut here. And Dennis said, so I did. Stop trying to be funny. Yeah, I hate it. You're actually... You're horrible. Yeah. And he would, he just described them. He was like, so he killed five people in 1980. And one was a hippie. One was really small. It's like he was describing the cast of the young ones. <laughs> But he'd, yeah, he didn't even bother getting to know their names. But then again, I think part of me does think, did he kill them or is he just making it up? I think he's a he's a massive fantasist. Yeah. So maybe and they he all just, lie about how yeah, many, maybe don't they? he just thought, oh, I'm just gonna say I killed all these people because there's no evidence. Is there's no? Well, one of them he had fingerprints on his neck, didn't he? He like he'd got into a kerfuffle with them, and he went into work oh, with yes. them. Oh yes, it someone yeah. fought back, like, didn't they? Yeah, so he had he did go in with fingerprints. <laughs> Why are you wearing a turtleneck? It's July, no reason. <laughs> oh, here he is, the milk tray man. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Dennis wearing a cravat? It's dressed down Friday. Can do what he wants. <laughs> I always imagine um, Colin from the Frog and Bucket oh, yeah. with it when I think of it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he listens to this. <laughs> By this point, his house was stinking. And this mm. is something... There was decomposing bodies, there was maggots. He used to spray... A comedian's house. <laughs> it's a comedian's house. He used to spray deodorant and insecticide. The smell was still there. Oh, God. Should have used dupe. That'll uh, kill it. it did, this is the thing. He found. He did find a product, didn't he? Which, he used a certain one, I think. Yeah, he did. Was it brill? Yeah, it was something yeah. like limb or something, <laughs> wasn't something it? something that he, he found was like, oh, that's very good for that. Yeah. <laughs> I quite like to see the endorsement. There's a, there's a, like, a famous documentary which has a like reconstructive bit and it's it's quite based on police photos where when they finally confront him the police they go to a wardrobe and he's got those you know the air fresheners he's got the white air fresheners I always think of Dennis Nilsson when I see them yeah sort of the they're like white plastic pyramids aren't they with like a jelly thing in the middle yeah and they're horrible and you find them in like offices And multi And they always get left there for longer than they should be. Yeah, and that for years, thing in the middle they? is like, turns into like a, it looks like a shrunken head in the middle. <laughs> There's loads of them just on the, on top of bin liners, isn't there? <laughs> I always think of Dennis Nelson when I see them. Uh, so he, he's making attempts to make his house smell better, but it is, it is reeking. And then in 1980, he decided to have a huge bonfire, uh, which three local children watched. Um, and this, no. Yes. I did not know that. Yeah. Mr. Nelson's having a bonfire. You need to check for hedgehogs. Fuck off away from that. <laughs> and and there was that hedgehog's got long fingers. <laughs> there was four others, uh, four of the bodies at Melrose Avenue, uh, and the people have no idea who who these men are. No, oh, that's so sad. So he has this big bonfire, and the final 
uh, murder at Melrose Avenue was Malcolm Barlow. And this is really, well, they're all depressing, but this one, he had an epileptic fit outside of the house. So Dennis phoned an ambulance. They treated him. Then he goes in to thank Dennis, who invited him in, and then he murdered him. Oh, my God. That is just the most unlucky set of circumstances. Like, of all the places you could have an epileptic fit. And also, it's weird, isn't it, because it shows that Nielsen... It wasn't compulsive, because if it was, he would have killed him when he had the fit. He'd be like, perfect. Yeah. But he called the ambulance, didn't he, and put him in the ambulance to get better. And then, unfortunately, he just catches him on an off day. Mm. Like, just when he's saying thank you, and he's like, well, now you're here. (laughs) Because it would have been so easy for him to just drag him in and then and kill him. But he didn't. So it shows that it's like, yeah, it's not a... it, it is a compulsion, but it isn't at the same time. It's not a constant one. Well, I think he'd probably be the frame of mind of, um, oh, well, he's, he's come back. He, oh, like he a came, sign. Oh, he's here. This is... Yeah. Why shouldn't I kill him? Oh, God. Horrible. But by this point, he moves as well. Uh, he moves to 23 Cranley Gardens, which uh, have have been myself to Cranley Gardens. Not to uh, see the house. I went past on a bus once. And the chap that I was with at the time said, oh, there's where Dennis Nilsson used to live. And I went, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they know me so well, don't they, <laughs> my past lovers. Now, at this new address, this is the big thing, because he didn't have a garden. He had an attic. It was an attic flat, wasn't it? Yeah. And he was at the very top. There um, was a shared garden, wasn't there? Yeah. A shared backyard. It's... But he didn't have sole access to it. Like, Because Melrose Avenue, they're like, you need to move out. And he was like, no fucking way. Yeah. Because <laughs> he knows that all the stuff, because he had like this ground floor flat there. And uh, they had to pay him a grand to move out because he would just refuse. And a typical socialist, I know my rights, um, which is that everyone has them. <laughs> uh, and he really didn't want to move out, but they had to pay him off. And so he wasn't happy about this. Um, I feel sorry for Bleep. Oh, yeah, Bleep. Into... No stability. Oh, no. yeah, and, and then shoved Top in an attic floor. flat. Yeah, he's at work all day. She's oh, Apparently he was good, though. He used to take her on big walks and stuff. Oh, well, I am glad. Yeah. <laughs> Just, if there's any people who are worried about animal welfare out there, don't worry. Uh, this was one where he, it, there was another attempted murder. It was um, Paul Hobbs. Is that his name? Yeah, 19, he was 19 years old. And this is... The, he's done a couple of interviews, hasn't he, this chap? Um, horrible, because he, he attempts to murder him, but he lets him go, doesn't he? Mm. And he... I think he went to the police, didn't he? Yeah. And he... I just felt so sorry for him because he's just he was totally baffled by what had occurred that I think he's still in shock now mm. years later that he just let him go and I find it astonishing they let him go yeah why did they let him go well this is I think there'll be more because so many of these people that he because he catches like drifters and people who are you know sort of hard on down on their luck and how many more has he let go and gone oh, I'm not going to kill them tonight you know like with the epilepsy mm. when he let them go There'll be so many. This is probably a fraction of the people that passed through his life. And he was... So does that mean he was always fighting it? Which is quite... Not sad, but I mean, it's mildly noble. Mm. (laughs) Like, do you know what? At least he was fighting and not going, yeah, no, I'm just going to fucking kill everyone. Or was it more selfish if he's like, oh, I can't get away with it because they saw him come in with me? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, we'll never know because he just spouts bullshit all the time. Moved to Cranley Gardens, had a break from killing, 
And then in 1982, Carl Stotter came round and they had an altercation. He strangled him, didn't he? Yes. And he was unconscious for a few days. Yeah, it's so weird, isn't it? He was unconscious for a few days and then he let him go. He let him go. Yeah, he just let him go. Obviously, he talked him out. Uh, talked himself out of it by that time or something had happened that was less convenient so Carl went to the doctor and the doctor was like mate you've been strangled there's fingerprints on your neck you've been strangled go to the police and Carl was like I don't want to go to the police because he doesn't want people finding out he's gay so Dennis got away with it Uh, so the first murder at Cranley Gardens March 1982 23 year old John Howlett who met in a Leicester Square pub Howlett went back with Nilsson and this he actually says about Howlett, oh, he was the most difficult to kill because he, he fought back considerably. Yeah, well, because apparently he woke up while he was strangling him and Dennis was shouting, it's about time that you went. <laughs> totally mad. I'm like, well, just open the door then. Yeah, just let him go. Um, he also, there's, then he kills, this October 82, Graham Allen, 27 years old. Uh, this is, he, he made him an omelette, didn't he? Oh, God, yeah, the omelette thing. So so just say as well, he'd stopped burying them in the garden, so now what he was doing was dismembering them and flushing them down the toilet with all the goldfish and then any big bones he put out in the rubbish. You see, for somebody who lives in, in London, and I've been to Muswell Hill, it's not that far to the Thames. You're living in a city with a huge river that goes through it. Yeah. Don't be flushing people down the bog, mate. (laughs) Don't be, well, don't be killing them for a start. (laughs) Don't be flushing them down the toilet. There's there's better ways. It's a very lazy... Yeah, the Thames is one big toilet. Yes, it is. So just fucking throw it in there. there. Not that I'm, you know, giving people advice on how to dispose of bodies, but... No, there is an earlier podcast that if you want to get rid of a tape... (laughs) There's <laughs> a great tip in there. Oh dear, a stone and some string in there. All your problems are solved. <laughs> so he makes in this omelette, which he, he mentions, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and he, he said he took him back, made him an omelette, and he had the full, he said he, he fully intended to strangle him. Yeah. So he knew what he was going to do. It's not like he, you know, oh, I don't know what's going on. Oh, suddenly, what, I made a mistake. He knew no, what he was going to do. He knew. He left uh, Graham Allen in his bathtub for three days. Uh, and then this, on the 9th of October, he rang in sick at work. Uh, and this was to dispose of the body. Yeah, because he sort of didn't realise how the, how much trouble it was going to be. No. So he left him in the bath for three days. <laughs> and then was like, how the fuck am I going to do? I've done that sometimes with a, like a shit that I thought would flush. <laughs> and be like, really? No, Just, I mean, it's not been three days, but it's been three flushes. Say three days, you're all right, mate. <laughs> so um, the final victim... Then at Cranley Gardens, 26th of January 1983, Stephen Sinclair. He was 20 years old. He was last seen with Nilsson at a tube station. So he had problems of his own. He was he was an alcoholic as well, wasn't he? And he was using drugs. Yeah. And uh, Nilsson, unfortunately, comes across Nilsson and... Um... And he bought, buys him a burger to seduce him. Oh. Well, it's worked with me. Yeah, definitely. Don't without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. You want to get me a milkshake? I'm all yours. <laughs> He'd done quite a few. Really so he did two up. in 82... Yeah, yeah. He did. Uh, so four, four in eighty one, two in eighty two, and then this one in eighty three. Nelson actually does something very strange because he's disposing of people by flushing them down the toilet. He's also boiling the heads and hands and things just to you know make it a bit easier for himself. <sighs> he actually himself he complained to the estate agents about the drains at Cranley Gardens. Fucking he man. himself complained. Yeah, about the drains I, and the smell. The, I just find it 
the audacity of it's that. It's amazing just to do that. It's arrogance. It's pure arrogance from him. So all the old people living in Cranley Gardens as well, in the house, were like, what is going on? Yeah. The drains are terrible. The house stinks. Yeah, because Nielsen at this time, with Stephen Sinclair, he strangled him and then he put his head and his torso and his arms in a tea chest in his living room and then his lower torso and his legs were stuffed underneath the bathtub. So it's like, do you remember that game Finders Keepers? (laughs) You'd have to like ramsack the house to find the prizes. (laughs) His house must have been fucking stuffed full of just bits of people. How could he even sit in there? The smell would have been awful. You know, he's eating in there as well. That's oh yeah. You think it's like when I've seen some I uh, eat in the shower. I'm like, how can you do it? Uh, what eat in the shower? Yeah. Who's done that? An ex-boyfriend I had. I saw him eat a sausage roll in the shower. I mean, it wasn't one of life's high flyers. I'll admit that. No. It's wrong, isn't it? Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> it's probably weirder than what Dennis Nielsen <laughs> did. I think it is. <laughs> Eating a sausage roll? Right, I've, I've heard everything now. It's like, don't get crumbs on you. You can't eat when you, you're wet. <laughs> Sounds rude, that. <laughs> I'm not, not going to go there. Um, so the drains, obviously, are playing up, as you would expect. And this is Dynarod come out to uh, have a, a look at them. Mm. And it was a chap called... Is it Michael Catron? Yeah. Michael Catron. And uh, there have been complaints about the drains, obviously from Dennis himself as well. And the 8th of February 1983, they opened the drain cover. And uh, there's there's bones and, and, yeah. and stuff in there. And he said, it was amazing, he went, I might be new, but that's not shit. <laughs> so he basically thought there was fragments of bone, bits of skin that looked like fried chicken skin. Like, why has that chicken got a tattoo? Well, because, was it um, was it Dennis Nelson that actually said, oh, it looks to me like someone's been flushing the Kentucky Fried Chicken Yeah. Down. Kentucky Fried Chicken makes so many appearances. It really does. In this yeah, podcast. Most requested meal. <laughs> yeah. John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy and now Dennis Nelson. Yorkshire Ripper found one of his victims uh, yes. when he was at a Kentucky Fried Chicken. I think I'm the only person in the world that still calls it Kentucky Fried Chicken, though. <laughs> I really like that. So he's a... Uh, this guy phones his um, supervisor. And they, it's dark by this time, so they're like, yeah. we'll come back the next day. So the day. next day they come back, and the drain had been cleared, because Dennis goes out and actually clears the drain himself, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, under cover of darkness. And then his fucking neighbour shopped him, classic London. We're like, well, actually, we did see him go. First time they talked to another yeah. person. We did <laughs> well, see we him going him, out yeah, there last night. He was outside, you know, doing something in the drains. But um, they found further down, they found bone oh, fragments anyway. God. Um, so they were very suspicious. The chap from Dynamo was very suspicious, and they called the police. And it's um, this was there was all kinds of things that they ended up finding. It, but he just gives in, really, Dennis, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, it's it's so I've seen this interview with this copper loads of times, and he's obviously like had enough time to make it sound better <laughs> than it is. It's like my friend. I was Ed's, wearing my velvet jacket. Yeah. It's like I remember the day I'd just done ten press ups. <laughs> And I decided to go and talk to Dennis Nielsen. <laughs> he just totally bigs up his role in it. He definitely wasn't as eloquent or cool as this. It's like my friend Ed was telling me about... He was with his mate and uh, he tripped over on a curb and banged his head on a tree when they were hammered out. By the time he got to the pub, he told people he'd been jumped by five gypsies. <laughs> <laughs> his policeman's totally like this. Oh, he's... So he knocks on the door and he's like... I've come to speak to you, or they're waiting for him when he comes back to his flat, and he's like, how can I help you, officers? And he said, we've come to speak to you about the drains, and he went, I didn't think police dealt with drains. Mm. And he said, 
those bodies been found in the drains. And he went, good grief, how awful. And he went, don't mess about, where's the rest of the body? And like, he, he <laughs> probably sells it like that. I bet he didn't say that. And then Dennis Nelson went, it's in the cupboard in the spare room. <laughs> like, immediately and just confesses. It just totally gives in. Yeah. Um, then he told, he actually confessed and he said, oh, there's others at Melrose Avenue. I killed a lot of people Well, they're in the there. car and he was like, how many have you killed? And he said, uh, 15 or 16. Now, Dennis Nielsen claims that he said that he made that up to, like, he just picked the number out of the air. And he only actually killed 12 is what he says. Oh, okay. Yeah, All of right, course, which is the... I mean, once you've done a, do- a dozen, a gentleman's dozen, but not a beast 16. I'm yes, not an animal. Um, so he he's implied that the police have lied and have changed things to fit his timeline. And yeah, I'm sure they've buried those uh, gay guys in your garden yeah. as well, mate. <laughs> it was all them. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised with the police, but that's, <laughs> that's my problem, not his. Apparently, there were several who re- revived, were revived, and he allowed them to live. So you're right in thinking that there are more people out there that probably end up at Dennis Nilsson's house and um, woke up very confused the yeah. next day. Um, he was given life in prison, no parole, uh, for 25 yeah. years. Convicted he's, he's of six murders and two attempted murders. Um, he's never getting out. No. Well, 4th of November, November uh, 4th of November 1983 was when he convicted. So in 2008, he could have technically been released because the Home Secretary said, right, he's getting consecutive, life is life with him. And then they brought in that law where it was like, you can't sentence people to life, they have to be able to have parole. So he technically could have been released in 2008, but he's had too many parole hearings now and now he will never be released. No. Um, it was in 93 that he gave that interview from prison. Um, and he did a naked protest as well, didn't oh, he? Oh, God. He's, he's, re- he's carrying on his activism in the prison. Apparently he's a fucking pain in the arse. Yeah, he's really unpopular as well in yeah. prison. Imagine being unpopular in prison. <laughs> yeah. yeah, loads of paedophiles and burglars are like, oh no, not him, he's not a right dickhead. He is. Fuck off, Dennis. Because <laughs> um, he, he, he complains a lot, doesn't he? he, he want, he's well up on his rights, of his yeah. old, uh, union activities and things. Uh, naked protest. I'm not really sure what he expected from that. No, well, he had a judicial review. Basically, he wanted access to gay pornography. And he was like, it's against my human rights. And they're like, there's no human right to watch two men bang each other <laughs> on the internet. He's kept away from the others on his own wing because it's like he's... What happens with, you know, rapists and murderers, they tend to be targeted mm-hmm. in prison. And um, so he's sort of mainly kept on his own. And it's just a pain in the ass. Uh, it complains about the food, complains about the temperature. It's really just a thorn in their side. Mm. You're in prison, mate. Yeah. Just get on with it. It's not meant to be nice. Yeah, it's not. It's going to be a bit shit. <laughs> I also, I bet they're like, should we just let him go in the showers one day with them all and see what happens? Because he's getting on my tits. <laughs> Gosh, should we just let him in? Just for... Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Dennis, you're having 15 minutes in those showers. And then sends a lot of people with a broom handle like oh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, he been killed? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, very similar to Dahmer as well. I often would like to think that if they'd have met... Uh, Could have stopped all of this. would have happened. Yeah. Even very similar glasses they had as yeah, well. Yeah, NHS kind of glasses. Very, very similar people. Um, yeah, if they'd have met, maybe things could have been a bit different. Or, he, or worse, who knows? He's um, he's obsessed with his own legacy, though. He's written 50 journals about uh-huh. his time, as I mentioned, all about himself. He's obsessed with the psychology of himself. Just himself, basically. He wants to release a book 
called The History of a Drowning Boy. Oh, okay. um, and it's been banned. Like, the the judges are like, no fucking way are you going to write a book about mm-hmm. yourself and release it. History of a Drowning Boy. It's so lame, isn't it? Oh, it sounds like a It sounds like a really shit indie album. Well, no, when the lead singer <laughs> of an indie band goes solo and event, we all have to listen to that fucking shite on Radio 2 for a bit. Oh, when Brandon Flowers went solo from The Killers. Oh, did he? Was it really bad? Oh, so bad. Oh, no. He's bad. They're so good, though. Yeah, he's lost too much weight as well. Oh, really? He's a Mormon, isn't he? He is, yeah. Gorgeous looking man. Oh, my God, he's amazing. Too thin. I want to be one of his seven wives. Uh, I I met Brandon Flowers. Is he really short? No, he was tall. Well, I think everyone's tall. I'm only four foot ten. He was uh, taller than I thought he'd be. Oh, okay, because I thought he'd be like five foot six. I was just looking at his face. I was like, lovely, isn't he? Which stage was it? Was it Glamorous Man or was it like uh, like Moustache Man? Oh, this was beginning. This Glamorous was, Man. This then. was first album. Oh, yeah. This was a record sign on HMV. Guyliner. This, and, yeah. Yeah, he's very beautiful. Yeah. A little bit of weight on him. Oof. Oh, we've gone a bit pervy, haven't we? <laughs> we'll cut all this, don't Ooh, worry. It just makes me want to bring him home and drown him in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going anywhere, Brandon. You're staying here with me. Yeah, it's like that thing about like uh, your clothes would look great on my bedroom floor. Like, your body would look brilliant under my bedroom floor. He would just look great decomposing in my flat. What? Nothing. <laughs> well, the thing about Nielsen for me is that he's so arrogant. He's completely unrepentant. He's completely doesn't show any remorse. He didn't even when he was arrested. Has never cried. I think never... he just sees it, the whole thing as an inconvenience yes, to him. Like that's oh, exactly God, right. What? Oh, right, okay. Oh, this is happening now, is it? He's just... He's just narky, isn't he? Yeah, and there's these serial killer groups that I'm uh, on on Facebook, oh, which I, I regret every day. Someone has written... He doesn't usually write back, but oh, someone's yeah. written to him and got a, like a letter back about... But... Because oh. she's like, what do I say now? And I'm going to try and meet him. Oh, did she even meet him? Um, and uh, I don't like, think he's going to be interested. The rule, yeah, like, yeah. I think you might have the wrong paraphernalia. Um, <laughs> uh, they said that like he, the, the one thing, the tip they give is don't ask about the crimes. What are you meant to talk about? Yeah, because like there's very much the elephant in the room, well, isn't it's, it? It's not like you can talk about the weather because he doesn't really go out, does it? <laughs> or his family. So. That's, How's the writing he going? He must know that like they're there because of the crimes and not because they're interested in anything else he has to say. They want to be there when he confesses to another crime or he describes it. That's why they're there. Very no one's odd. there like, oh, I wonder if Dennis Nielsen can predict lottery numbers. Or, you know, like, oh, I'm really interested <laughs> to see what he says about leaving the EU. Like, no one really wants to hear what they want to say. They want to hear about him chopping people up. Yeah, that's the only reason anyone would be interested in him. It's... Go visiting these people. They shouldn't be allowed outside. I'm going to get a hard line about this. There we go. I think if you're in prison for terrible crimes, you can be visited by people that you knew <laughs> before you were arrested. Those are the rules. You're not allowed to cultivate any new relationships or friendships. Really? No, totally. Like, what about with like a priest if they decide that they're going to convert? Because a lot of them do, don't they? They convert. If you want to see a priest, you can see a priest. That's punishment enough for most people. I mean, people. how do you even? <laughs> I I just don't think you. If you How do you police that? Like, oh well, I knew him in school. <laughs> I've, I'd have a system. If they would be Facebook <laughs> friends already. I just don't think you should be allowed. Like, 
you shouldn't be allowed to cultivate relationships with, you know, if you, if you you're not like, you shouldn't be allowed to get married. You shouldn't be writing to, women shouldn't be writing to people or men or whatever. You shouldn't be allowing. It is women. You're right. It is women. And I just think that if you've done so many terrible crimes and you've taken other people's opportunities away from them and, and stopped that in the tracks, you shouldn't be allowed to... Be a uh, pen pal. ...fulfil your dreams and needs. And that is what I think. As this has I been hardline with Rachel Fairburn. <laughs> On the right. I'm very right-wing today. <laughs> yeah, you are. It's when you're hungover. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, okay. You should have just heard what she was saying about immigration. <laughs> I said <laughs> nothing. But let them in, I think. We was can't the build a wall around the whole of the UK. <laughs> so that is Dennis Nielsen. That is Dennis Nielsen. I used to feel kind of sorry for him and be like, oh, God, he's just like a lost soul. Because I do kind of feel that about Dharma. Mm. But... I think he's a fucking prick. Yeah, he's a prick. He's a shitty, high-status, asshole prick. He's a shit prick. That's what he is. <laughs> shit prick, mate. Unpleasant man. Who are we doing next? Oh, we're doing Carla Hamolka. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a tw- uh, a Twitter recommendation. Yes, Paul Bernardino is that his name, and Carla Hamolka. So a murderous couple. We've no, not we haven't done a couple in a while, no, have we? Not. I think Charles. Ing and Leonard Lake. Lake were the last ones. Uh, yeah, brilliant. We're all just gearing up for the Wests. Oh, I can't wait. Rachel's okay. Golden Jubilee. I, I keep sort of like, I want to save it for best. Like, <laughs> uh, oh yeah, great book about the Wests. If you if you want to read it, which should it's, it's fascinating. Uh, Happy Like Murderers by Gordon Byrne. The best books I, I've ever read. Absolutely amazing. I guarantee every page, when I first read it, I've read it several times, every page is something horrific. How can you... Oh, you still, like, that's a selling point. How can you read something like that more than um, once? Because I just can't believe what went on. Yeah, it's bad. I, I, I go back to it and I'm like, what? I think if we do the West, I think it's going to be a two-parter. Oh, yeah. Let us I'm going to buy you... a hat. I can't wait. <laughs> if we do the West, let us know on Twitter how you feel mm-hmm. about the potential of doing a two-parter, whether that sounds annoying or whether that sounds... Exciting. Exciting. Because there's a lot to talk about. There is a lot. And more stuff's coming out in the press about mm. the moment as well and the people they're associated with. So they're on the horizon. If you've got any suggestions for people we should do, um, please do tweet us at KillNoFilPod. Thank you very much for listening. Mm, much yeah. appreciated. We're number two, as I checked last night. In the, but we can't we can't topple the black guy that tips from Podomatic's comedy podcast. I don't know how we would go about that. I don't know if we even want to do that. No. It might be a great podcast. Um, but thank you so much for listening. There's like actually thousands and thousands of you listening, which is totally mad. And, and keep in touch. Well, I like I like the tweets. I like yeah, it when you tweet us. Yeah, we do like it when we tweet uh, when you tweet us. Um, anything else to say? Oh, if you like us, here's a tip. I think you might like Parapod, mm. um, which is done by two friends of ours, Ray Peacock and Barry Dodds. It's all about the paranormal um, and ghosts and mysteries and that. They talked about maybe doing a Zodiac episode. Oh, really? Yeah, and then Ray, Ray Peacock, who's a brilliant comedian, said, there's nothing to talk about there because it was, it was just a serial killer, wasn't it? But we all know from episode mm. whatever it was, there was never any serial killer. Yes, we know. Um, so, yes, if you enjoy us, I think you'd like the Parapod. Thank you very much for listening, and um, we will see you soon to talk about a killer couple. Excellent, thank you. Thank you.